0: Jacob Aldrott, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Yeah!
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Brandon Zinner filling in for Tommy Castor today. Glad to have Brandon on board. And, uh, well, the timing of this is comical as we are talking with the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. News comes down right at the end of that interview that we get caught up on during, <laughs> during the break. Kansas is going to self-impose some... Some penalties because of the uh, investigation, which originated back in 2017. I think everybody knows what the investigation is. Uh, okay, so here we go. Let's just get to the meat of this, and we'll we'll push our NFL trade deadline talk just a little bit to get this news in here. University of Kansas informs the NCAA's independent resolution panel, whatever that is, uh, last week that it was self-imposing several sanctions because of this ongoing case. Now, the university in its release, the headline here says, Kansas takes steps to move this process forward. So maybe the hope is here by doing this, they can just put this to bed. I'm not sure, but here's what's going to happen. A four-game suspension for head coach Bill Self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend to be served during the first four regular season games. I assume that means... Self and Townsend will be there for tomorrow night's exhibition game and then they'll be out for Omaha, North Dakota State, Duke, and Southern Utah. Uh, Self and Townsend will be gone or absent from any camp, or sorry, any off-campus recruiting uh, that would happen for four months. So from April to July of 2022, that must have already happened then. Uh, the reduction of four official visits, during the academic year and in 23-24, the reduction of three total scholarships at uh, men's basketball, but that would be distributed over the next three years, so I assume that's one a year, the implementation of a six-week ban on recruiting communications, a six-week ban on unofficial visits, and a 13-day reduction in the number of permissible recruiting days during the 2022-23 calendar year, and no official visits for 2022 late night in the fog. Again, that's already passed. Um, and there's a bunch of quotes. We'll have this up later. But uh, Bill Self, a quote in there. Coach Townsend and I accept and support K's decision to self-impose these sanctions. We're in good hands with Coach Roberts, who apparently will take over. I'm confident that he'll do a great job on the bench leading our team. And I look forward to returning to the bench for our game against NC State. Again, this says regular season, so I would assume he's there for the exhibition. Uh, but we'll have to find out. But this is pretty, this is pretty intense. Self-imposing penalties here. They're not, they're not just slapping themselves on the wrist here, Brandon. A lot of this is pretty significant.
2: Well, and it's just odd that some of this has already been reported. the uh, The absence of the off-campus recruiting, I mean, we knew that was reported uh, back. Uh, I think it was in, in early July that 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 had been taking place, and apparently that had come to an end, and is this the nc it doesn't sound like this is the NCAA saying that this is the these, these self-imposed bans are taking a step forward it seems like kansas is coming out and saying we're doing this we're moving forward but in reality are we we don't know until we hear from uh, from the ind- uh, independent resolution panel um, uh, on on what this means do, does it mean anything do they do they care if they're putting themselves on four game suspensions um it's it's notable when you take out the defending champion and you're not going to have your head coach going against a, a top 10 team in the country like duke and uh in the second week of the season yeah this is significant
1: it's significant uh you're talking about a scholarship thing which is always the most significant i think ku can do some recruiting even if bill self is restricted in that so that probably can be worked around, uh, you know, the April through July off-campus recruiting-related activities. That had been loosely reported. The official visits is probably a pretty big deal. Uh, Six-week bans on recruiting communications is significant. I wonder, though, Brandon, and this is semantics at this point. This This is a big story, obviously. But I wonder now with the transfer portal, if it gets a little easier... To absorb a recruiting communication hit, because so much of what you're going to do can be done now after the season in that portal window, and I wonder if that's less significant than it was, say, three four years ago.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of there with you. And when you're when you're a program like Kansas, there's a lot of things that go into the program doing recruiting on its own without having to have Bill Self. In, in your living room, you, you don't have I don't think you have to go in and sell somebody as hard as you do, say, if you were uh, at a much lesser named school, if, if that if that makes sense. But not being able to have Bill Self on the road over the summer, um, not being able to have him on, on the bench. Uh, I, I don't know how this is going to affect what they're able to do in the transfer portal. I don't uh, I don't know everything behind that. Then um, that's something that they have attacked a, a little bit. But um, it's still, still like the, the fact that KU is going to the lengths to, to do things on their own without uh, this panel telling them what to do. It's going to be interesting to see what the reaction is now from them and if there is any punishment to come down the line, how it is affected uh, by, by what has happened. Because obviously there's been a lot of talk over the, over the recent years when you have schools like Oklahoma State and the penalties that they had to take, but there's been nothing to come down right. in Kansas. How this affects that. Is going to be interesting to see.
1: I wonder, I mean, Kansas has to be strategically timing this, like right? Because they've played victim in most of this regarding this incident. Remember, they were claiming being the victims of fraud, and the FBI agreed with that. Um, so they ha- they have played sort of the victim in this scenario and been very defiant, which is the right way to play it after we see what happened to Oklahoma State. But this is obviously a different approach. And so I think it is interesting um, that they're choosing to do this. And maybe it's as simple as that, hey, we're, we're just ready to be done with this thing. Or maybe it's just a, a part of the larger strategy, right, to, to try to, to navigate it and get through to the point where you feel like you can take advantage of whatever it is to get the least amount of punishment from the NCAA that you can. Vacated wins, I think, would be the, the fear here, right? Vacated wins and pulling down a banner and doing all those kinds of things of the final four year. Um, I don't think fans care as much about that, but but the, you, know, you don't want the history books tarnished in any way. So I don't know. This is an interesting strategy. Certainly was not on our radar to have that happen uh, in the last few minutes. But again, uh, Kansas taking steps proactively, with some self-sanctions, basically, and letting the NCAA know, like, hey, here's what we're doing. It'll include a four-game suspension for Bill Self and Curtis Townsend. Um, it will include the loss of a scholarship. Again, the verbiage here is three total scholarships to be distributed over the next three years. So three total scholarships makes me think it will be one a year, not three a year for three years. Um and the, the six-week ban on, on recruiting stuff. Obviously, 2022 Fog has already – late night at the fog's already passed, as has that uh, off-campus recruiting-related activities from April to July. So significant stuff. The timing of this is is not an accident. There's no way it is. They're trying to get this done and out of the way at the most advantageous time, and this would be the most advantageous time right out of the gates, right? Maybe not the most advantageous for some of the new and young players, but it's not like you can't practice with these guys. KU's going to be just fine. If the NCAA accepts this, water under the bridge— Uh, I think most of us has already put this in the rearview mirror anyway. Like how often are any of us thinking about Silvio De Sosa and that situation? Like we're not right. Like I I, I haven't thought about that. I I haven't thought about this stuff in forever. And so here it is. We'll see if it's accepted, I suppose by the NCAA, I don't know what the next steps are. We'll continue to follow it obviously. uh, and, And talk about it as we make our way through it. But so that news story comes down and then Brandon you just sent me some news on Dan Snyder let's hit that real quick and then we'll come back and hit on the trade deadline but uh, Dan Snyder potentially big news and news I, I think people have been waiting on for what you know better part of two decades here
2: <laughs> so, uh, as long as uh, as long as he's been around yeah the commanders announced that they've hired uh, so this part of it just come out that they've hired Bank of America Securities to explore the sale of their franchise now there's reporting out there. That so they're gonna they've already had maybe as many as four or five interested parties reach out to them. There, there's question over whether it is going to include a sale of their entire stake of the franchise, or if it is going to be for a minor, a minority share. Which I think there's a lot of people around the NFL and some other owners that would not be happy about that in the slide if he, if he's still the the majority owner with everything that has been going on with the commanders but the it, it does appear that the commanders are doing a step to get new ownership in there and that yeah that's the latest news that has come down uh, out of the nfl
1: ah oh, my goodness um i mean is there anybody in the world that isn't ready for the dan snyder experience to be over with I mean, for real, I like can we can we be imagine. done with this and move on with our lives? And I and I do feel for Washington fans, too, like that sucks to have to deal with that for that long. You invest so, you invest so much into being a fan, like having bad ownership and. Teams that seem like they're playing so far from behind. Must just be the worst And and I and I've had some of that as a fan. I've been, you know, the Rangers for a long time had bad ownership that that would not, but they weren't. It's not because they weren't trying, right? Like having the ownership that's just so inept that they continuously make wrong decisions and do, you know, stupid things that put you behind the eight ball. Like that sucks. And I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm never gonna sit here and say Jerry Jones isn't trying to do everything he possibly can to win, and. You know, I'm a Rangers fan, probably have devoted most of my fandom in my life to that fanhood. And they've had a lot of years where they where they push pretty hard to make it. But, you know, like be, imagine being a Washington Commanders fan, Brandon, and how miserable that must be over the years here to be one of the great, you know, history franchises in football to now. And like what you just see out there all the time. It's like, good, good, God. like how how miserable that must be.
2: Yeah, not not aside from just obviously a lot of fans. You just you look for success on the field, and you can kind of put up with anything else that happens in a lot of cases. But Washington, uh, I can't even think of it. I don't think they have played an NFC Championship since certainly since I can remember. I, I'd have to go back and look the last time they played for an NFC title game. They when they played when they played. Probably when they played Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's been that long.
1: Which would have been in like what mid nineties? No, yeah. I mean, I, I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. ripping right. And um, then,
2: uh, but when there is not success on the field and everything you do off the field from your from your ownership, uh, it's uh, just absolutely comical how 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 much they've had to have been in the news and everything that's. Uh, Transpired with them, and it just seems like just such a lack of awareness with ownership. Um, yeah, if you're if you're a Commanders fan, uh, God bless you for putting up with it that, this long, and uh, hopefully there are brighter days ahead. And now, as to who buys the buys the team, uh, that's gonna be very very interesting to see, because uh, I think there's a lot of people that are uh, in the NFL realm right now who have interested in buying a team, and it's just gonna be interesting to see.
1: Elon Musk doesn't have anything to do. Maybe he'll buy them. He's he's got free time on his hands, clearly. Um, It's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. 869-1240, the number to call. Uh, If you want to chime in on that KU news, feel free. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and we want to touch on all this trade deadline stuff. It's been a heavy, heavy news day here on this hump day edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Brandon Zinner. We'll be back. Chiefs fans... Did the team do enough? Are you satisfied? We'll go to the trade deadline talk next.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager, Kansas only. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. BetMGM Sports is in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. welcome back in everybody sports daily here on kFh Jacob Albrock, Brandon Zinner with you today in a wild and crazy uh news day here on the show uh it's been uh, it's been a little nuts uh, but we're we're making it through KU news if you missed that news kfhtrio.com you can go back uh, and listen to that we're going to get to the NFL trade deadline now Uh, Brandon, NFL trade deadline was the craziest it's ever been, right? We saw massive moves, uh, massive pick capital traded. Miami probably has the headline move with Bradley Chubb. Uh, We saw TJ Hawkinson traded to the Vikings in division, which is pretty interesting. Let's not forget some of the trades earlier, like Christian McCaffrey, the Chiefs made a move for Kadarius Toney, but with all of the moves being made. Let's start with the Chiefs um the Chiefs don't do anything ultra headline grabbing. Tony was certainly an interesting move but as a lot of teams position themselves, the Chiefs didn't do a whole lot after renegotiating Kelsey and clearing up some money. Are you okay with that with the Chiefs?
2: yeah I'm I'm perfectly fine with it because I I don't I don't know if any move you make can give you as much of a boost as, as as you would want if you're in the market for making a move. I, I think, like, so if you look at the Dolphins, they had a lot of room to improve still, and I think they went out and did that. How much does going out and, and mortgaging some of your some of your future for a guy like DJ Moore or a guy like, uh, I, I don't think they were in the market for like a Chase Claypool or whatever, but... Uh, but going out and getting a receiver or trying to get an edge rusher, I don't know how m- much better that makes you when you're you're right there with Buffalo right now. I think you're still in a good spot. Um, you, you you trust the the pieces that you have when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, uh, and, and you have the the head coaching battle and, and just about every game you're going to play in. Uh, and, and this team is still set up uh, for success over such an experience Extended period of time, especially with how well we see uh, a lot of these young guys have, and how much young assets that this team has in place in in the immediate future and down, and down the road, they're they're set up so well that they I don't think they have to go all in. And what does go all in look like for this team? I, I think that they're, they're such an, they're in such a good spot still. You, you have one loss, you. you barely lose to Buffalo, there's still a lot of season to play. Could the AFC still come through Arrowhead Stadium? That's a real possibility. I don't think they needed to go out and mortgage a bunch of assets to try and get better. They're getting healthier. They get Trent McDuffie back. Um, You got, as weird as it is, talking about a kicker, you got Harrison Butker back, and and that was a, a big issue early in the season. I think this team is in just a fine spot. You got some... Some future flexibility now with a guy like Kadarius Tony, where you have three years of team control for him after this season, so you get three and a half years with this guy to to mold him into your system. I'm I'm perfectly fine with what the Chiefs did. It's um, I, I I'm fine with it too.
1: I I am fine with it. I think that the Chiefs are very clearly, and we saw this all the way back to the Tyree kill decision right, to let him go. And he's been great for Miami. Really, really good. But I think the Chiefs, and we didn't see the Bills do anything either, by the way, I think the Chiefs are, and this has a lot to do with Patrick Mahomes, are more concerned about a longer window than pushing all the chips in for one shot at it. I think if I'm a Bills fan, because the Bills haven't won that Super Bowl yet. The Chiefs won that Super Bowl. And that changes this. Imagine had the Chiefs not won the Super Bowl against San Francisco, how this might be different. And I think it might be if they didn't have that one in their pocket, right? If they didn't get that one off their chest. I'm a little more surprised that Buffalo didn't make just a big splash move. And I don't know what Buffalo even needs. I'm not saying they needed to. I'm just a little more surprised they didn't with some of the names we saw floated
2: around there, like Christian McCaffrey, by the way um they did do a but, little bit they went out and got nahi high i'm not saying Nahee himes he's not an rb1 but he when it comes down to, to third down running backs and, and pass catchers yeah. he he's as good of he a, makes him better he's as good he of a pass catching running back as there is in the nfl i think he has the fourth most receiving yards of of running backs over That's the last fair. four years but they've also tried to invest in that position over the last couple of years with zach moss and james cook and so they're they're kind of in this nonstop cycle of trying to find anyone at running back who can contribute.
1: And they got rid of Zach Moss. You're, you're, yeah. you're right. That's fair. Nike Hines does make them better. But it's not a splash move. Exactly. And that's fine. I'm not saying they needed to make a splash move either, by the way, because I don't think they do. I think the difference in the Chiefs and the Bills and some of these other teams, the Bengals— is they have these quarterbacks that allow for longer windows. So it makes less sense to give up all your draft capital. And the Chiefs have traded plenty of draft capital. Don't get me wrong. But right now, and I think with the move that they allowed to happen with Tyreek Hill, they're they're telling us that we've got to extend this thing out. And that gets harder to do when you have to pay a quarterback. And so they're going to pay, you know, Mahomes is going to make his money. They've got the guys paid that need to be paid in the short term, and they're going to extend their window through draft picks. So I actually think they made a good decision. I mean, what were of all the guys traded, all of them, who's the guy that would have definitively made them better? Bradley Chubb? That was never going to happen, right? The, the Broncos would have never traded Bradley Chubb to the Chiefs. And so when you see everybody, I mean, Roquan maybe might have been a guy that could have made some sense. But then you got to think about what you got to give up to get them. And personally, even with all these other moves made, I—I st- I mean, the, the you know, our our thought on the AFC, I don't think changed at all. It's still Buffalo and Kansas City. I think Miami got closer, and I think Miami may enter that conversation. I think Miami did a good job, and I think they made the right move. By the way, to go do what they've done. But the Chiefs are still one of two favorites to win a Super Bowl, I would think this year. Did anything that happened change that? No, not necessarily. Would any of anything that they had done made them definitively better than Buffalo? No. So I'm totally fine with them standing pat and not overpaying for anybody. I liked the Kadarius Tony move. I, I know people have barked back against that. I think it's a, I think it's a, a perfectly acceptable risk in a trade like that.
2: Yeah, I mean he was a former first round talent uh, for for a reason. And, well, he's a change of scenery guy. I mean, he defines it. What a change of scenery person is. And that's it, the perfect kind of it. When you when you point about Andy Reid moves, this is almost the exact uh, the exact scenario that we that we've seen around him. I mean, yeah, it, it hasn't worked out for guys in the past like a like a Josh Gordon, but no, that wasn't ever going to work anywhere. But uh, I, I love the I love the Kadarius Tony move because especially when you when you Everything you move, everything you do, yeah, you're looking at the now, but there's also always a future impact. When you look at this Chiefs team, they have one receiver that is under contract for next year. You had Kadarius Tony, now you have two. Woohoo! Yeah, you got to go out and still do uh, pl- plenty of moves in the future. Uh, but just with his r- his rack ability, he can make plays after he catches the ball, and he's going to be. I, I think he's an improved version of what we wanted McCall Hardman to be. Uh, I don't know if he has necessarily the same speed uh, down down uh. the field, but, but he the way he can make plays, elude defenders, and explode after the catch, I think it's going to be exciting. And I think it adds an element that the Chiefs have kind of missed a little bit uh, around getting the ball around that first down marker and watch what he's able to do to some of these safeties and linebackers. Um, I think he has a chance to make a pretty immediate impact. If if not, the Chiefs have, well, don't a, have know a chance health, to make a splash after. after I don't this know what year. his health is.
1: Right, that's that's the problem for the right now. Mm-hmm. I think he can help him as a punt returner. That's very. Uh, but I don't very, know. I don't know what his health is. So uh, you know, there's a third rounder. Right, that was essentially the meat of the trade, and then mm-hmm. a six. So a third next year. There is a chance and a, and a very real chance, I think, that this is a total disaster and Kadarius Tony doesn't do anything based on what we've seen. But also based on what we've seen, there's a chance that this is fantastic and we're sitting back looking and thinking, God, they got him for a third? So, But the risk is appropriate. Even if it's a failure, I, I will go on the record now saying that I, I'm totally fine with the risk of that failure for a third-round pick and what he could provide them And the other thing is, too, the Chiefs now, and there aren't very many teams that can do this, the Chiefs are simultaneously thinking about now and the future, right? We don't see trade deadlines like this, or we didn't used to, because teams were always too concerned about the future. Well, the Rams sort of changed that narrative last year when, you know, Sneed very famously, uh, F them picks, right? Like, he just doesn't care. He's going to go out and win it. Well, we're seeing more teams follow that model now, Of, you know, to hell with down the road, let's worry about this right now. The Chiefs aren't going to do that, and it's the right play for them because they have Mahomes, right? The Rams weren't in that position. They had an aged Matt Stafford while they make that move. The Dolphins are sort of interesting because they're kind of in the middle there. But they've gone long enough now where there's a bit of desperation there. Um, You weren't going to see the Packers make a move like this. You probably should have. But based on what we've seen out of them, I mean, are you really going to be able to make moves that, that make them instant contenders? I don't know that you are. Cowboys, people are angry with the Cowboys, too. Like, what what move do you want the Cowboys to make? What move do you think they need to make? Like, if you say they made it had a failure, okay, who should they have added? Because that where that's where it gets a little bit tricky to me. You think they should have added Chase Claypool? No, thank you. I mean, Michael Gallup's better than Chase Claypool, in my opinion. So, no. Like, that doesn't make any sense. The Packers, could they have added a receiver? Yeah, but do you think a receiver is going to help them win a Super Bowl? Because I don't. I think their their issues are far wider than that. So, you know, you've got to be careful if you're going to mortgage the future for the present. It better be to win a title this year. San Francisco getting McCaffrey, that's because they think they can win the NFC this year. And they're right. They can when they're healthy. Miami feels like it can win the AFC. That's a tall task. But they already beat Buffalo. So, yeah, I think that they made the right kind of move. But for the Chiefs? Nah. Because you got to worry about the future if you're the Chiefs. The future, th- this window isn't a short-term thing for Kansas City. And they've shifted, I think, organizationally where they were willing to push it all in. When they overpay for Frank Clark. When they make some of the moves that they make to go and to try to you know get way better quicker. I don't think they're going to do that as much anymore. I think they value those picks. They know they've got to retool. They know they can't afford Juju Smith-Schuster next year, so they go get Kadarius Toney in hopes that he works out and they won't have to worry about it. I think they've done a fine job because I don't think there was anybody
2: out there that they were going to be able to get that puts them over the edge anyway. We see it in the NFL that... You talk about the wide receivers. There's not really a wide receiver free agency market. Juju was probably the biggest name in free agency this year. You just don't see these guys really hit free agency, and and it all comes down to now in the NFL, you have to maximize what you're doing while trying to what while you have your quarterback on a rookie deal, which is what we see the Dolphins are trying to do because. This offseason, Tua is now eligible for an extension, and Miami's just they are going to have to fork up and probably pay him $40 million a year at, at, at the absolute minimum. You have that. You have Tyreek, while he's still 28 years old. He's hes going to be in his 30s in a year and a half. You're going to have to pay Jalen Waddle over $20 million coming up soon. You have to pay Bradley Chubb now next year. So – I, I Miami, you had to go all in this year. The Chiefs, yeah, the, the Chiefs are already risk. they're they're fine because they have a quarterback already under contract who's willing to negotiate. Travis Kelsey's is always willing to move around his deal. Um, Chris Jones, I was I was surprised they didn't extend and restructure Chris Jones in the middle of the season and make a move. I thought that was that was what's going to happen. Again, I'm fine with them staying play. There had to be the move to
1: make, though, right? Exactly. Like They had to have the move. To, if it wasn't necessary, there's no need to do it. Let's let Earl chime in, great Chiefs fan, 869-1240, the number to call. Earl, you're usually upset at me about something when you call. What do you think of the trade deadline?
3: Oh, I I wouldn't say that, man. I'm upset at you. I would say this: Kansas City wasn't going to do anything with a first-round pick because the edict from Clark Hunt was we're having the draft in Kansas City next year. I want draft picks so I can be on TV with that. Point. The the, yeah. the move that the Chiefs need to make – is get Ndamukong Sue who's a free agent out there. And I, I know everyone's got a problem with him. You know, he's not a good guy. But guess what? Football's a violent game, and it's played by some pretty violent, crazed people. And I can tell you this, Josh Allen would have a little different feel lining up against Adamic and Sue across from him. That same player who made Tampa Bay's defense look totally different last year than it does now. Guy brings attitude. He he just brings a meanness as long as he doesn't get thrown out of a game. I would love to see Sue and Chris Jones lined up together, running down some Josh Allen. And and I don't think Tua would survive a game with those two coming after him, I, you know, in, in, in the greatest way. He wouldn't survive because he couldn't throw, not because we'd break him in half. But you get Sue, doesn't cost you anything except money, and that's why they freed up the money. And yeah. because he is older, you get him at the back end of the season, kind of like we did with Melvin Ingram last year to plug him in. I, I think that's the move yet to be made, and I'd be on all board for that. So,
1: Yeah, it's not a bad point, Earl, and we appreciate the call. Sue's 35. He had six sacks last year. Um, he's not the player he used to be. He had 17 starts, so his, you know he, he doesn't miss games. His health seems fine. So, yeah, I, I could get on board with that. A defensive lineman, a guy with that experience. Heck, yeah, the one thing we know about guys – that have any sort of trouble is usually when they get to Kansas City, they behave. Um, they, they've taken in a lot of troubled souls in the past, and, and the, it's it's a little easier to do that when you have Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones and Andy Reid and some of those guys that have been there for so long that it's kind of like, hey, man, it's it's my way or the highway. And, and Odell Beckham's still out there too, which I know intrigues people a lot as well. 869 uh, 1240. We'll come back. We'll continue back into some news items. We'll uh, remind you if you missed it right off the top of the hour what's going on with KU all of the sudden here. There was a World Series game played last night, another one played tonight. Plenty to get to here on Sports Daily as we roll on on a Wednesday.
3: Sports Daily is on KFH.
1: Brandon Zinner filling in for Tommy today. Uh, Glad to have everybody on board. If you missed the news here right at the top of the hour, Kansas is self-imposing a bunch of penalties. Bill Self, Curtis Townsend going to miss the first four games of the regular season. There's recruiting stuff, a scholarship loss for each of the next three years as they're trying to get out ahead and maybe put to bed this NCAA investigation. Timing of this is, well, it is what it is, probably to be as advantageous as possible here, but a shift in the um, approach from KU, which has sort of been, hey, we're the victims here, and we're going to be defiant to the end. Well, now maybe they're just trying to make this thing go away. I don't know, Uh, but that's out there. Um, If you missed it, uh, more of the details, kfhradio.com is the place where you can find that on demand. Uh, All right, Brandon, so we've got World Series now. Um, We're a few games in, advantage Phillies here as they lead this thing two games to one. They've got Nola able to go now tonight in game four against Christian Javier. You know, Nola has been interesting this postseason. We all, and I I think so too, thought that the rain delay was advantage Phillies. Um, Nola so far in this postseason... Well, he wasn't very good in his last game, and he hasn't been very good in his last two games. He's given up six and five runs in his last two games, respectively, five in his games against the Astros. So this is an interesting one tonight. What do we think here? I know the Phillies clearly have the advantage in this series because they went up 2-1, right? That's that's obvious. But is Nola pitching tonight in game four as big of an advantage to them as we think it is? Because Houston shelled him his first time out.
2: Well, the, maybe the biggest thing for the Phillies is last night that game was in such such command um, that they were able to, to kind of cruise, and they didn't have to go into that bullpen, which which is huge. They still have their top two guys going. So if things aren't going for NOLA, they, the, the Phillies have a lot of flexibility in this game tonight, which I think you have to feel good about. Um, they've already got that huge road win, uh, so they have the advantage right now. Um, Bryce Harper is looking like, uh, I mean, he's, he's been incredible this postseason, hitting well over 350. I think I saw, um, if, if, if the Phillies can get it done tonight, I mean, you, you, you might be able to put this thing to bed. You can never count out this Astros team, but if you, I mean, Philadelphia isn't now in such a good spot. Um, Noah, he has the best walk rate in the, in the national league, um, which, which, which is key. The, this Astros team, they, they don't strike out a whole ton. They're one of the best teams at the plate. Uh, I, I think if you're the Phillies, you're you're in a great spot tonight. You have everything, every reason to be confident that you can get this done tonight.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Astros are going to play with their hair on fire. I uh, hate the Astros. Absolutely. If you listen to the show, you know that. Um, I, I think they're going to come out. I think, here's what I think. If the Phillies win, they're going to need to score some runs. And Javier makes that difficult to do. I don't. I don't see the Astros offense being shut down again tonight like they were last night. I think that's very unlikely Uh, just based on how loaded their lineup is, quite frankly. So I think the, and now the Phillies are hot too in there at home. And I think they could absolutely score some runs. I just, the way last night played out doesn't seem likely again for tonight. You feel good. If you're Philly, anytime you can run Nola out there because he's a grinder and he's experienced and he's got all those things. I don't know what to – I'm having a hard time predicting tonight. I I thought the Phillies would win last night. I didn't think it would happen the way it did, but I thought that they would win. I really don't know tonight. I'm kind of flipping a coin here. I I, I don't have a strong take. I do agree with you that if they get up 3-1, they're going to be hard to beat three straight times the way that they're going right now. So this is a pretty critical game for Houston. I've thought six or seven games anyway. Kind of feel like Houston's going to win this game, as much as that you know makes me sick to my stomach. But we'll see. This is where that rain delay, if Philly's going to take advantage, it comes tonight. Uh, the World Series uh, first pitch at seven o three tonight. Um, College football, we've got Maxion right. Is there Maxion tonight? The I, I, are you a Maxion guy? Like I don't. I know it's fun and everybody lo- I, I I can't I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to get in on my action.
2: Um I mean if there's nothing else going on, yes, but I mean we have the World Series tonight. We have and yeah. we also have NBA on ESPN, so I'm all I, I, I love the NBA. So anytime I can see Boston, Cleveland that game's going yeah, on tonight. You're,
1: you're a bigger NBA regular season guy than I am, although I've enjoyed it more this year. Again, with sports betting has made it more interesting for me and made me uh, more prone to tune into these games. Uh, so, And I, I would imagine that trend will continue for me. Um, I'm ready for college basketball. That's what I'm ready for. The big one tonight, Wichita Statesmen for the first time. Here we go. I'm really, really as as excited for an exhibition game as you possibly could be. K-State, for the same reason last night, came out and really impressed us with their uh, start on the exhibition schedule. Wichita State has a chance to do that again tonight. We'll talk about that, get you set up for the schedule today. That's next as we wrap up a Wednesday on
0: Sports Daily.